How do you interpret your tennis match statistics? Find your aha moment right after this. Do the best you can with everything you got. Struggle day to day, cherish every fight you fought. Destroy your obstacles, remove the blocks. Got to stand strong, can you do it? Breakthrough, can you move on? Wherever you... Welcome back to Find Your Aha Moment. I'm your host, Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Don't forget to sign up for our group tennis lessons on Monday and Tuesday nights in Coconut Grove. Monday night is for our intermediate level tennis players. And Tuesday night is for our novice level players. So if you're new to tennis or you are a lapsed tennis player who's taken some time off and you're looking to get back into the game, Tuesday night is the appropriate class for you. Each session starts 7.30 in the evening. If you have any questions about your playing level and how to sign up, simply log on to BackhandCity.com or you can shoot me an email, Brian, at BackhandCity.com. So today's topic, how do you interpret your tennis match statistics? Or better yet, do you even keep track of that? I know when I played high school tennis, one of the jobs of the JV team when you were coming up and looking to play varsity was we charted tennis matches. So back then it was a simple clipboard and a pen and a piece of paper. And we typically picked out one or two things that the coach wanted us to look at that was a key element of that player's game. So it was either like a first serve percentage or, or you know, maybe a unforced error count. And so today, with all the apps in the world, I can now do a lot of the match charting when the twins are on the tour. I'll do a lot of the match charting right on the app, and I will have a plethora of data to go over. And it can be a little bit overwhelming, if you're not sure what you're looking at, and it can be very eye-opening and surprising if you see some of the data in there, and it's very helpful to improving your game because in many ways, the data does not lie, but it is helpful to have a coach there to interpret some of the data. So what I've done is I've divided the data by priority into three different categories. And the most important category for you as a recreational tennis player is unforced errors. Uh, of course, unforced errors means that you made a mistake that was pretty easy. It was either neutral or a defensive ball, and you just missed the shot either in the net, wide, or long. Uh, unforced errors are probably the most common error, even in professional tennis, but especially in amateur and recreational club tennis play. So having good discipline, keeping the ball in play, having a high shot tolerance, and really understanding where the errors are coming from. Uh, the app I use in particular even does return of serves, volleys, ground strokes, and approach shots. Um, so it's got a lot of different things that you can look at. Obviously, people hit mostly ground strokes, so those are going to be heavily uh, favored. I know in the last pro match we played, I'm looking at Gina's stats here from her tour level match. She played a girl that was about 400 in the world a few weeks ago. And during the coaching, we wanted her to be super aggressive on her forehand return of serve. Uh, so she was very aggressive on the return of serve. And 
in point, when I looked at the stat sheet, actually had a little bit more errors. In fact, that was a big red circle I put on the stat sheet because she had a lot of forehand returning errors. But now put that into context. Of course, I'd like her to convert more. But we decided the game plan was to set the tempo and really let the opponent know if they hung their curveball second serve that we were going to pound it. So we were willing to live with some errors there because we thought it would pay a dividend. Now, for you, you can kind of have that as well in your mindset. But keeping your unforced errors down is obviously really important. I mean, if you never missed a shot, it would put unprecedented amount of pressure on your opponent would be forced to hit a lot of winners. Now, the second category is called forced errors. And typically when I'm doing stat work, forced errors can be very subjective. And I'm thinking when it's a forced error that the player has put the opponent, let's say you are the opponent, on the defensive and you have to run to hit a ball or they're taking a lot of time away from you and you don't have a chance to react to the ball like you normally would. If you make an error under those circumstances, it's called a forced error. So there's a big difference between forced errors and unforced errors. Forced errors are almost as good as winners, but a winner means, which is my third category, it means you hit a clean winner and they could not even touch the ball. So naturally, forced errors are very productive. It means you're doing something really well. You're either running your opponent around or you're taking their time away and it compromises the technical side of their game and creates an error. So number one is the most common, which is unforced errors. Number two is forced errors. And of course, I just mentioned number three is winners. This would all include uh, aces, return of serves, volleys, and uh, the app I use has indicators for all those so you can really see which aspect of your game the winners are coming from. Of course, it also does aces and double faults. So the smallest column on there is winners, typically. Uh, the next smallest is probably forced errors, depending on the match flow. And then obviously the big indicator there is unforced errors. Um, you know, it's funny because sometimes I'll look at the stats of uh, the Twins matches and the tour, and because it's professional tennis, sometimes the stats don't tell the story um, because this stat sheet doesn't uh, show shot tolerance. It doesn't say average rally length, and those are very important stats. So if you can hit 10, 12, 13 balls in a row before you miss, obviously your error count's going to be a little out of context depending how close the match was and how good your opponent is. But if you can hit at a recreational level 10, 12, 13 balls, your stat sheet is going to be look very good on the unforced error count. So I'll put this app in the show notes. You can check it out and download it online. And I'm even starting a service now for some of my students who take private one-on-one -on -one lessons. I chart matches for them as well. And we usually just play a set and, uh, you know, sometimes it's longer depending on people's budget and how much they want to get into it. But a lot of times I'll arrange matches at the end of their private lesson and then I'll chart their match and we can take a look at it. And uh, I think it's eye opening because it's nice as well. I can text the data to them after the match and they can interpret it at uh, another time. All right. Well, that's how you interpret your tennis match statistics. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Find Your Aha Moment. Don't forget to go on to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to Find Your Aha Moment so you can get notified each morning with a fresh episode. 
Thanks for listening. This is Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. I'll talk to you tomorrow. That's where-